from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. It's uh, every other week now. Uh, sometimes we have a lot of people. Sometimes we have a little bit of people. Today we have a little bit of people. A small amount of people. But you know what? It's quality, not quantity. Am I right? Absolutely. I said, am I right? <laughs> That's why when you go to In-N-Out, they, they serve you a reasonable-sized burger. A reasonable-sized burger on a reasonable-sized bun. And it's delicious. It tastes fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's not this big old giant burger just slathered with different sauces like you get at a at a at a at a Carl's the second. You know? Mm-hmm. You get, no bells and whistles, nothing fancy, no, just but a it, good yeah, burger. Just fat, sharp, and delicious. And um and, and yeah. when, when you're finished you say that's what a hamburger's all about. That's what a hamburger's all about. That's right. We're gonna be singing all your favorite jingles today. It's Jingle so, Thursday. Um, so I guess Brent took um, PJ to In-N-Out, and he was and, unimpressed. Uh, he, was... <laughs> he didn't didn't even finish. From what I understand, did not even finish the uh, the burger. Wow! So I guess it's a California thing. Sometimes people come here from other states and they're not impressed. Well, you hear so much about it, John. You hear so much about it's, it. It's people, over. They people, think it's overrated. People brag about it. People, people, uh, you know. Uh, I remember when there was a there was like a there was a a, 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 a situation where um, a few years ago I don't remember it was one of our military uh, uh, actions and uh, they sent some some kids got sent overseas and uh, a, a, a mom went to visit her son and uh, she took him in and out and that that was like on the news they showed like her bringing I can't remember what it was I can't remember what it was. <laughs> And you know what my mom's reaction was? What? My mom literally said, look at her. She only brought enough food for one kid. You don't think those other kids want to eat in and out? That was what my mom said. Your mom's great. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. Has So uh, Brent's been here a while now. Has he been to Tommy's yet? Did anyone take him to Tommy's finally? John, I do not have the – I don't have a – I don't know that the – the Brent food situation. I know he's had good tacos now. But, right. That's uh, why I'm asking because I know you've taken him for some good tacos. No, I haven't. Uh, Anita's so, taken uh, him everywhere. I've not, I've only had a chance to interact with Brent a uh, very, very, very short period of time since he's moved here. Unfortunately, he's working. Uh, he's working. I'm working. I've got everything going on. So yeah, we have not had a chance to hang out. Um, I feel like so that's Anita some, needs to take him to Tommy's. I feel like that's something you should do because I, but please record it. Please record it so I can see the look on your face when he, when he, if he doesn't like it. Because this is going to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Yes, like you do, John. That's what we love about yeah. you. You do care. You do care. I, you, I care less and less as the years pass on. You go, eh, it's only a burger. That's, that's the way I feel. That's the way I feel about the Dodgers. Just getting, a burger. That's the way I feel about the Dodgers getting bounced out of the, out of the playoffs. I'm dead inside. Everybody's like, yesterday, everybody's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm dead inside. I'm a husk. There is no, there is no problem. There is no problem. I have been through this many times now. So yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You know what? It's like that scene in Love and Death 
where Woody Allen's, you know, it's during the like the Napoleonic Wars. He's walking through the uh, the battlefield, and this one guy's walking around dead. He's got like a sword through him or something, and he goes, "Hey, do you feel all right?" And he's all, "I feel nothing." <laughs> John, it's it's apropos that you bring up the Dodgers and Woody Allen because they both. Uh, I don't know. They're I both done. I can't. Yes, they're, they're both finished. Thank you. They'll, both ne- Thank they'll never you. make another movie. Uh, Thank yeah, you, man. I think. You know, it's funny. This is how little I know. You know, I just, I, as you well know, I love the Dodgers, but not enough to watch them until they get closer to the World Series. So, uh, you know, um, Pat is texting me. He's a big Dodger fan, but he's now up in Eugene, Oregon. Right. And we'll be texting, and we'll be just be having a conversation. All of a sudden, he'll go, Arg, goddamn, goddamn Dodgers, there is no God. You know? yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm thinking, uh-oh, Mario's not feeling good right about now. Uh, and I was d- so out of it. I thought he, I thought they had like one more game. I'm all, one more game? And he's all, nope, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> Last night, I said, one more? Nope, that's it. it that was it, man. We're done. We're, we're I thought done. of you. The worst playoff performance they've ever had, I think. The, the worst playoff performance they've ever had. I went to the game on uh, Monday. It was awful. Yeah. What, what went wrong? Everything. Uh, starting pitching was terrible. No, the bullpen was great. What's sad is their bullpen this year. Uh, if they uh, if they had gotten any sort of offense going, the bullpen kept the game, kept each game. The first game got away from them. Uh, Kershaw got blown up in the first uh, inning, and they just never recovered. But um, the bullpen kept them in game two and yesterday's game, last night's game. But uh, the offense just went to sleep. Uh, you know, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, the the, the one-two punch, the, they, they make a lot of money for the Dodgers. They did not, uh, they went a combined, I think, one for 32 at the plate. And that one hit they got was an error by Mookie Betts. It uh, it just kind of, uh, the, pitcher, the pitcher muffed it. So that was it, man. That was the only reason he got on base. Were they missing... Uh... Were the Dodgers missing pitchers? It sounded like they didn't have uh, enough pitchers. Well, they missed. They, they got. They were snake bit. Here's the thing. No pun intended because they lost the Diamondbacks. Uh, we'll, I'll analyze this very quickly for you. So the Dodgers lost a lot of pitching this season. So nobody slated them to make the playoffs in the first place because they didn't make any big moves. They lost a lot of talent last year. Cody Bellinger left. Uh, Trey Turner left. Uh, Justin Turner left. They lost a lot of talent. So people were slating them to come in about third in the division. They ended up taking the division in spite of losing Dustin May. Uh, they lost uh, Walker Buehler was out for the season. That was a season that uh, that happened late last year. So you had Dustin May, then you had Tony Gonsolin go down. Then you had Urias get in trouble for uh, uh, spousal abuse, so he's out. Um, so yeah, so you were really doing it with Clayton Kershaw, who is now, you know, for a baseball player, old. And uh, and a lot of rookies, and they still got it done somehow. They still were able to make the playoffs, win 100 games and make the playoffs, mostly because their offense was so potent. But that offense went to sleep. Um, I knew going in that they weren't going to advance very far with that pitching, but if you would have told me they were going to lose to the fourth-place team in the division who lost the who lost the, were 16 games back at the end of the season, uh, at the, at the, uh, I, I would have I would have never believed it. Not with that offense. I figured the pitching they could have they could have plugged some holes for one short series and then once it got into the NLDS probably run into some trouble either facing the Phillies or the Braves but uh, yeah that was it that was it so another early exit uh, thank you Dodgers you somehow made last year seem worse even though they had a great season uh, it was a, one of the most fun seasons they've had in a long time uh, but they just couldn't get it done in the playoffs.
Do you think it'll lead another lead to another change in roster? No. Well, they're going to need to get a lot. A lot of guys are going to be going off the roster. They got a lot of they got a lot of short term help this year. Um, Kershaw's still up in the air. He was on a one year contract, um, but uh, they have a lot of talent in the in the coming up they have a lot of young pitchers people that just need seasoning so next year could be a true reset year like this was supposed to be um but yeah even in a reset year they won 100 games which was great but um i think the playoffs would not have been so disappointing had they not lost in such a horrible fashion they just got rolled they just did nothing they were lifeless they were lifeless no heart no hot no hot (laughs) <laughs> now you can t- you can tell me right now now's a good time to check my mic did that just all cut out or no you it was it was it was boisterous and loud because usually that cuts that shuts down my audio so <laughs> that was a good time to ask you how's my mic sound you sound great <laughs> full of hot okay. john you're full of hot they always say that tin the tin woodsman was from new york because every once in a while he's <laughs> No was to was <laughs> no hot no hot right right well uh, what if they don't give me a hot when I get there <laughs> right that's right it's like he's Bugs Bunny no hot no hot, no hot. yeah we're I off to see the wizard <laughs> yeah so sweet uh man they could have used the Tin Man uh Freddie Freeman uh, looked like the Tin Man uh from from, from uh, he had mm. one good hustle play where he slid into first he had one good hustle play. Uh, but yeah, man. Mm-mm. 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 So they won't blame this on Dave Roberts, right? A lot of people are blaming it on Dave Roberts. I have been highly crit- critical of Dave Roberts in the past. I will tell you this season, he pulled all the right strings to use the term, uh, to, to steal my friend Hiddish's term. He did pull all the right strings this season. Even in the game I saw him Monday, uh, he was making all the right bullpen moves. And, uh, you know, again, to quote my friend Hiddish, the more chances, the more moves you make, the more chances that one of them is going to blow up in your face. But he made all the right moves on Monday, and they just could not get a run. They could not get a run to save their lives. They were within two. They had the bases loaded twice, only scored one run. Oof. Come on. Come on. You're professionals. Do better. You should be the coach. No way. I'd I'd fucking take first thing I <laughs> no do way. Is, first thing I do is take Mookie Betts' bowling ball away. You don't get this until you you just hit the fucking you hit the fucking cages until spring. Okay. I don't want to see you explain, bowling. Explain that. He's like a three hundred bowler. That's his hobby. That's what he does in the off season. He he bowls. Is that bad on his arm? No, it's not bad <laughs> on his arm. It's just a you need to be fucking in the cages hitting batting practice. Okay. How how old is Mookie? Mookie's er, thirty one. He's 31. 31, and he's not in the bullpen. No, no, Mookie's a Mookie's not a pitcher, silly. Terrible. That's what I said. I know words. <laughs> Somebody that knows yeah. less about sports Adam than I Cages. do. Yeah, come on. <laughs> hey, I was right. Mookie's 31 years old. Yeah. Uh, does anyone know uh, Mookie's full name? Would anyone like uh, Mookie's full name? What's his whole name? Anyone? Mookie Worthington Betts. Oh, that's a great name. No, his name, his first name is not Mookie. He is, he, his nickname is after uh, the great uh, Mookie um, 
Mookie Wilson from the Mets. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, he, uh, his name, Mar- Marcus Lynn Betts. Marcus Lynn. Marcus with a K. Marcus Lynn Betts. Uh, yeah, young Marcus Lynn, though, he's uh, he was disappointed. And Freddie Freeman, I don't know. Whatever you need to do, Freddie, put on an Atlanta jersey under that Dodgers jersey, whatever makes you feel good, because you sure used to kill it against the Dodgers. Now you're on our side, and you just sit there like a slug. Wow. It's rough. Sabotage. Don't say it like that. Sabotage. It sickens me. Sabotage. <laughs> sabotage. What's he say? It yeah. sickens me. Don't say sabotage. No. Don't correct me. It sickens me. Yeah, that's what he says. Don't correct me. It sickens me. And that's what uh, uh, Ben Stiller steals that in uh, Mystery Men. Don't correct me. It sickens me. <laughs> ah, so funny. So good. Stole it from a blooper line. Don't correct me. It sickens me. So great. Good old Shatner, huh? Oh, so great. Guy talks a lot of shit for uh, for for wearing a felt uh, V neck with some gold lame on the sleeves. In a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's it. That's my Dodgers recap. Go Lakers! Uh, <laughs> Lakers season is so over. Back on to the on to the next disappointment. Yay, sports. But we got LeBron. How could he disappoint? Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. That's a conversation for another another day. Nobody on this pod, nobody tunes into this, pod, this podcast for the hot sports takes. You know what I'm saying? They, they want to get the hot entertainment takes. However, when you talk Dodgers, you are usually – on point and concise and right on it. You should be like a sports writer. Well, no, no, no. You usually you but, sum it up so well. You get it just down to like the highlights and the. You you always say the right thing. At least for a non-sports guy like myself. But let me I tell go, you well, why Mario's really got it. Let me tell you why that is. That's that's threads and threads of text going back and forth between like me and Hiddish, me and Martin, me and my cousin. Yeah. So we, you know, I boil it down to the essence after, okay. like, you know. It's, well, it's a good boiling. It's, it's not just off the top of my head, you know. It's, it's this is like this is really, really getting into the minutia of it. Like it's a whole season's worth of examination, and you know, you've got a you've got a knack for editing it down to a good. You get you can make a non-sports person, you know, kind sure, of register sure. what's yeah, going sure. on. I just I just try to give them. You're a good editor. The main points. Yeah, I wish I would yeah. do that with that podcast. If I was if I edited that like I did, if I did the podcast like I edit my sports takes, this would be a five minute show. You know what I'm saying? Well, if you make it a sports podcast, then nah. <laughs> get it, it'll be no, 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 because there's but guys that do that way better, and there are guys that do way better entertainment podcasts than I do. But uh, you know, we, no. but we have fun doing it. No, believe me, Jackie. <laughs> have you heard? Have you heard that Joe Rogan? Oh my God, he's amazing. Oh yeah, incredible. Our mm-hmm. calling part is that it's fun. It's freewheeling and fun. There you only go. Mo- only moderately inflammatory. Freewheeling <laughs> and fun, you fucks. You fucks. <laughs> hey, Franklin, we're freewheeling and fun, you fucks. You fucks. Yet da, da, we're, fun da, da. And, we're, we're fun and fancy free. There you go. Isn't that a, isn't that a Mickey Mouse short? That's a Disney feature, which features Bongo, <laughs> the little bear on a unicycle. Oh, it's nice. The, the, oh. You know, you see that character and you go, what the hell movie is that? When I was a kid, I'd go, What's the movie with the bear on a unicycle? <laughs> uh, we know Bongo. A hipster bear. He's a little hipster bear. Does he drink IPAs too? Down on the gas lamp in San Diego? Rides his unicycle? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> who, 
Who's who's singing? You know who's singing the narration on that? It's Dinah Shore. Oh, nice. Back back when she was hip. <laughs> right. Go back into the 40s, 40s, yeah. Uh, yeah, shoe fly pie and apple pan whatever. Dowdy. What is dowdy? I don't know. What's shoe fly pie? Shoe fly pie and apple pan dowdy. I don't know. My my grandmother probably knew. If she knew if she knew Johnny at the Rattle, I'm sure God she knew bless. apple pan dowdy. God bless your grandmother. <laughs> For giving us one of the greatest, I still say Johnny at the rat hole. Yeah. That if is... I could talk to her through a seance, I would definitely <laughs> add that. God, Mario loves that you said Johnny at the rat hole. Apple pan dowdy, a deep dish spiced apple dessert sweetened with sugar, molasses, or maple syrup and covered with a rich crust. Wow, what is wow. shoe fly pie? There's got to be something really sweet because you're shooing the flies away. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there you go. I always thought like maybe it was made out of vinegar. made with molasses. It's a <laughs> oh, mol- hey, it's made a with American mol- pie with molasses. There yeah. you go. See, we context clues. We don't. You mm-hmm. know, it's funny. We don't. I don't know if people cook with molasses anymore. At least not like your your average person is not breaking out the molasses. You know? <laughs> it looks awful. What about the uh, what about that molasses flood that killed like nineteen people? Or was it in Boston? Where was that? Was that mol- Is that true? Was that a thing? Yeah, look it up. Uh, uh, Jake there was Malone. a molasses flood. Yeah, like like a like a, a wagon. The great molasses flood, also known as the Boston molasses disaster, was a disaster that occurred on Wednesday, January 15, nineteen nineteen, in the North End neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts. How many so people, people drowned in molasses? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus. So, uh, Twenty one people died, and the cause was cylinder stress failure. Yeah, so it was like a giant tank of molasses, mm-hmm. oh, like a water tank full, yeah, of molasses. like exploded, yeah. tank ruptured, and yeah, yeah caused twenty one people to drown in molasses. Isn't that, what a horrible Jeez, way what to go! Way. What a horrible way to go! God. Yeah, horrible yet delicious. Mm-hmm. I know. I, as I was going under for the third time, I'd say, "Bring the butter." <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I've never had molasses. I know that. Uh, well, in a cookie, everyone's had those molasses cookies. Mm-hmm. Those are good. But I, They're good. But I can't think of anything else because it just doesn't seem like that's what people use to sweeten. Well, now that must have been a thing. Yeah, of course. Now it's you have processed sugar, so you don't need molasses anymore. You know. Yeah. So you, have, you have processed sugar, so it's got a flavor to it because my grandmother used to make those molasses cookies. Oh, nice! It's like a really, really like. Rich, hmm. just Love dark. It. Yeah, it's got almost, very, yeah. almost got like a smoky flavor to it. Right, right. I've never had mo- I've never had molasses, but I'm agreeing with you. Once in a while, we have somebody come into Trader Joe's and go, "Do you have molasses?" And I'm like, "Wow, no, <laughs> no." Does anybody? Well, molasses. Who, who sells molasses? I would like. People. I would People. like a trip to People. Europe. Mm-hmm. Molasses, mm-hmm. and then they say, "Where's your, where's your rhubarb?" Oh God, where's your mincemeat? Good old rhubarb pie. It's suet. the, it's the holi- a bag of suet. It's the holidays. <laughs> it's the holiday season. Do, do, do. So whoop de doo and dickery dock, and don't forget to censor this song. <laughs> hey, how you doing? By the way, uh, I want to be old man yells at cloud for a minute. When did we decide collectively to call fall spooky season? Because I hate it. I've never heard that. Who's saying that? Who says it's, that? It's yeah, everywhere. That? It's everywhere. It's all over. It's on the commercials. It's on the social mm. media. It's spooky season. 
I wonder if they're saying that as a way to dodge saying Halloween. This does the do, do the Republicans think Halloween is like a satanic thing? No, I think like, it's because like, I like think Samhain. I think it's because they want to stores want to extend it, make it like a Christmas where you're decorating like two months out. And so, uh, oh, it's spooky season, meaning fall. So we got to deck buy your Halloween decorations. Hmm. You're absolutely right. That's it. By the What's way, the line in the Christmas song, there'll be spooky ghost stories. There'll be scary ghost stories and blah 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 blah. That one. I think we looked that up one year. We looked that up. We said, "Why are they saying ghost stories?" I think in real time. You looked that up, Mario, and said it says here that in the old days, that's what they would do. Back in Dickens' day, they would sit around the fireplace and tell ghost stories on Christmas Eve. And you're like, wow, that's fucked up. <laughs> right. Right. That's okay, though. But it's the holiday I mean, season. Yoop dee doo So whoop dee doo and dickery dock. And don't forget to sit on my... So what are we doing today? Is this the 13th Warrior? <laughs> hey, yeah. How about that 13th Warrior, huh? Speaking of spooky Great ghost segue, stories... Huh? How we doing? Uh, yeah, everybody's calling it spooky season. Um, you know, I just want to watch my Halloween three, and uh, just uh, okay. you know, uh, is, is that season of the witch? Yeah, season of the witch, man. <laughs> your your favorite is the one without Michael Myers, right? Right. right? <laughs> uh, but somehow John Carpenter produced it. I guess they were trying to go for like an anthology thing, like maybe everyone was going to be, uh, you know. Oh, and it didn't work. They said they said we'll try it. We don't want to have to do this guy every time out. And they said it didn't work. Nobody cared. <laughs> John, do me a favor. Do you do the thing where you unplug your mic and plug it back in? I'm getting that weird echo. Oh, is it hum? Yeah, it's got a weird hum. Oh. Mm. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, I don't know why it does that. I don't know why it's like a build. Up. I don't know. It's like a wax buildup. Sound like a, better? No hum. You sound no, no hum. No uh, hum. Hum and. Humming, Rattle and Hum. Was that the name of the U2 concert movie, Rattle and Hum? It, cer it certainly was. And how was that, John, on your list of concert films? I don't think I've seen it. You know, it's funny. I saw U2 live once. They were good. I didn't care for the live side of Rattle and Hum. I like the studio stuff. But I thought that the uh, it should have been one, one album. I wasn't crazy about the live side right. with them doing Helter Skelter and stuff like that. It just didn't didn't work for me. Uh, you so, don't, I don't know. You don't like the... Um, You don't like the idea that they're stealing uh, the the Helter song Helter Skelter back from Charles Manson? Yeah, I thought that was kind of a dopey thing to say. I remember at the time everyone said, "All right, we just about forgotten that Charles Manson had appropriated that name." So now you're you're yelling it out on a concert album that everyone's going to buy and everyone's going to hear. Right. You're, you're invoking Charles Manson. <laughs> it's like we'd just about forgotten about that. Yeah, we're taking it back. It's like, huh? oh yeah, Charles Manson. Thanks for reminding us, Bono. <laughs> right. Uh, also, just something uh, very ponderous to say. Like, who well, are you? Who are you? He's kind of, he's kind of full of himself. You know, right. Bono is. You know, he's kind of full of himself. The the band's kind of full of themselves. That whole thing. What was it like? Ten, fifteen years ago, where they downloaded the album and everyone's all, "I don't want this. Right. <laughs> Why are you taking up? <laughs> right. Why'd you do that?" Right. And you're thinking, if they had done that somehow in like '85, it would have been a great thing. But people were like, "Yeah, oh, I don't want. I don't particularly want your new album." Right. You know? <laughs> Uh, Sony did that. They sent out, uh, like, everybody that has a digital movie collection has a copy of, I know one of them is the Ghostbusters reboot, and I mm. think one of them is the the one Jason Bourne without Matt Damon. It's the one with, like, Jeremy Renner. They did, like, that one. <laughs> they, they did, like, three of them, and they just, all of a sudden, they were just in your collection. And 
it was, I think it was Sony Pictures, and you're they're just like, here you go, you're, you're welcome, and everybody's like, what the? F- I did not want this. So now they're it's in. It's not there. a good. That's not a good look. It's uh, somebody should know that this isn't a good look. You you have to remember that this is something of value. If you're giving it to somebody. You know, they're going, well, what's wrong with it? (laughs) Right. You're you're giving us this reboot. What's wrong with it? You know? So, yeah, I don't know. Well, the other, the the other weird thing that's on the opposite end of the spectrum, way back 20 years ago, Radiohead did a thing where they put out an album. They said, just pay us what you think it's worth. And people were cool about it. People were like, oh yeah, the new Radiohead. Sure. And they just kind of said, whatever, you know, just, I forget how they did it. I guess they dropped it. It was digital or something. It wasn't yeah. really on vinyl widely for a couple of weeks. And they said, well, whatever you think it's worth, just pay us that. And they said, people weren't dicks about it. They're like, all right. You know. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's how, that's how Bandcamp works. works. Our friend Steve O'Dockerson, AKA Hob the Troll, that's where he sells his albums. And, um, you know, there's a suggested price, you know, of like, you know, five, 10 bucks, but you know, you can pay what you want. And most people, probably pay a little more because if it's an artist you really like, you want to give him a couple bucks. Like, Hey, here you go. This CD is worth $15 or whatever. You know, this, this album's worth 10 or $15. And then they have, um, I think it's one Friday. It's either every other Friday or one Friday a month. They have a Friday, uh, a day where you buy things on Bandcamp and everything goes to the artist. They, uh, oh, Bandcamp wow. take, Bandcamp takes no fees, but you know, <clears throat> that tuba skinny stuff I was playing for you, John, I got those albums off of, uh, off of Bandcamp, I just bought them on Bandcamp because it's like, oh, what wanna, a great band! I want, wow. I want to support this band, you know. So, <clears throat> it's a great place for smaller artists to, you know, kind of ply their wares and 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 get a good return on on what they're putting out, you know. But yeah, I think most of the time, if it's a band that people like and you you give them a chance to support you, it'll happen. It'll it'll happen. Yeah. You know? I mean, look what happened with uh, Mystery Science Theater. They got two seasons that were crowdfunded. You know, two seasons of a show that didn't exist anymore, and they were able to put together two seasons and uh, crowdfund it. So, you know, that's pretty cool. If people like something enough, they'll be passionate about it. But you're right. Don't just hand it to them and go, well, here you go. I thought you'd like my album. You know, you'd think that somebody, a manager or an agent, would go, this is a bad look. It's a bad look that you're giving it away, and it's presumptuous to think that everybody wants it. <laughs> well, it's not a bad look to give it away. It's it's a bad look to just put it on people's phones, like just be like, here, here's without asking. And right. they wake up and there it is, and it's like, well, I don't particularly want this. You know, you're kind of assuming that everybody wants it. You know, right? Right. Now, if you put it up on a website and say, hey, we got a free, we got a free album. You can, you guys can come check it out and download. That's totally different. Why not? Right. And it could just be a, a band screwing around in the studio and thinking, well, this isn't strong enough to charge people for, but I'm sure people want to hear it. And yeah. you know, I'm sure people would enjoy listening to it. You know, that's what bonus tracks are all about, right? That's what... Uh, exactly. You know, it's like, hey, we didn't feel this was strong enough to make the album, but here you go. Enjoy it. Enjoy. I miss the days of hidden tracks, though. That You don't get that anymore with uh, with digital downloads. Hidden track on a CD... That was always fun because they'd they'd put it like ten minutes in if you're just letting it run. <laughs> and you yeah, forget you, to, or, to pop it out. It'd always be like something you'd you you'd leave, play a CD, you'd forget it's in there, and then all of a sudden you're hearing voices coming out of your speakers. You're like, "What the hell? What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, the Nirvana one was great because it was really it was really loud and and crazy, and it was about ten minutes in. So if you just had forgotten to pop the CD out, all of a sudden you got this. <laughs> 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 like wow, 
an extra Nirvana track. You're like, yeah, I guess you couldn't lead the album off with that track. <laughs> John, how do you feel about the band Sugar? Which one? Sugar. Oh, um, I saw them live uh, a couple times. Um, I liked them. Oddly enough, Bob Mould is, was mostly known for Husker Du, but I, I never picked up any Husker Du albums, which is probably a big mistake on my part because they're like, you know, they're really uh, revered. Right. But they opened for, um, I saw them open for the Breeders or Belly or something, and I thought they were great. So I guess it's one guy from Husker Du. I guess it's Bob Mould. And I, they actually had some hits in the 90s. Right. Maybe a certain generation knows Sugar better than they know Husker Du. I know Husker Du was like a big uh, kind of a college radio band in like the early, what do I want to say, the early 80s maybe? Early yeah, 80s. it would have been like the 80s. It's weird that I never even gave them a try. Some bands just went under the radar, you know, like uh, like Per Ubu. That's a band that I kept hearing about and never gave them a try. And the other day they turned up on a compilation disc and um, I went, oh my God, this is where the Pixies got their sound. This is like the Pixies 20 years before the Pixies, you know? It's sort of like, I don't know, that sort of like uh, that dynamic, you know, right. that sort of, uh, not the loud, quiet, loud thing, but sort of like the explosive chorus, you know? And uh, how was and it? I thought it was good. And I thought, okay, I should dig up more Per Ubu because that was an under the radar band. That's not a band that ever had a hit, but they were like, they were like the Minutemen or Husker Du or Sa uh, Sonic Youth. They were a band that was waiting to be rediscovered right. by the, uh, by the 90s kids, the grunge crowd. And Sonic Youth actually, that tour they did with Nirvana, that really worked because it put them in front of a whole nother audience. Right. That uh, worked beautifully for Sonic Youth. So you think with some bands, that's the ticket because, uh, you know, you know, Nirvana revered Sonic Youth or like, yeah, you know, I like the Meat Puppets. How many people got turned on to the Meat Puppets because five of their songs are on that live Nirvana album? <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you talk about a band like uh, like Sonic Youth and you think they have a, it's a very specific moment in time where it's not, it's like New Wave is kind of ending, but grunge hasn't yep. taken effect yet. And there's some bands that work their way in there. Um I mean, I don't even know how you would describe Sonic Youth. I mean, if you, if you don't know, just listen to their song uh, "Teenage Riot." That's a that's like a probably their that's probably most their their most well known. Wouldn't you say, John? Well, it's funny because yeah, they'd been on the, these independent labels and they were kind of like under the radar. They had a cult following. Then they got signed to Geffen. I think after Nirvana hit, they got signed to Geffen. They had a couple things that got played on the radio, and then they're touring with Nirvana. I think it's all in that movie, "The Year That Punk Broke." There's that movie about it's the Sonic Youth Nirvana tour. They're like co-headliners. And it's one of those things where I think, you know, the more places that they hit, the bigger Nirvana's getting, you know. Right. They're, they they end up being the uh, the go-to, you know. Give me your, John, give me your top five grunge bands in no particular order. <laughs> but end with your favorite one. Oh, you know, there's a lot of them I didn't like, but I always liked Soundgarden. And, you know, a lot of these bands... <laughs> They rejected that label. You know, they would say, I'm not a grunge band. Of but that, I know what you're saying. That era. For that era, I loved Nirvana. I loved Nirvana from the first album. I, I was, it was an odd thing. I heard that first album coming out of some store window out in Hollywood. So it's funny. It's the only time I was ahead of the curve on a band. I've never been ahead of the curve. I'm always behind by a couple years. But I heard Bleach 
before I, before what, you know, like a couple, like a year before, never mind. And everyone laughed. I'd play that at, at Trader at um, at work at Levels, and they'd laugh. They go, "Ah, what the hell's that?" You know, they go, "What the hell is that?" You know. And <laughs> so the next year, never mind hits, and suddenly it's like, "Oh, is that those guys?" You're playing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, John. And I'm like, God. I thought it's the only time. I'm always like three years behind. You know, I sure. was I. You know, uh, all all the bands I love and revere, I was not on on them from the beginning. You know, <laughs> I was yeah. always like onto them like the year after they broke up or something. You know, right? But um, but this one, it just so happened. So um, and then the Pixies. I, I, I so I guess of that era, I would say it'd be like Nirvana, Soundgarden, the Pixies, Breeders. Those aren't grunge bands, but it's it's that era. I, I was never big on Pearl Jam. Or Smashing Pumpkins, or um, uh, you know what was uh, Stone Temple Pilots? I was never really crazy about those guys, but I loved Soundgarden. I thought Chris Cornell had an uh, absolutely incredible voice, like what's, a Robert Plant voice. You know, what's the band I'm thinking of? Uh, is there another band in there with a dog? Temple of the Dog. Temple? No, that's not. Is there? Is it? They're not a yep. grunge band. Yeah, because that was. Um, mm-hmm. That was people from other bands. They'd all been in, I think, what was it, Green River or Mud Honey or something? They were they were all in a band, and one of them died, and then the rest of them went on to form like Pearl Jam and uh, okay, and Soundgarden. I, if I've got that right, I'm sure people might be screaming at the speaker, but I think people that were in Temple of the Dog uh, were from uh, Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, and that was I think mm-hmm. that was their tribute to the guy that died. Okay, it was like a band that was sort of like the root of all of that, and I can't think what the band's name was, but I think Temple of the Dog was like a sort of like a little tip of the hat. Oh, so, so I think te- what you have on that album, you have like Eddie Vedder, but you've also got Chris Cornell and you've got some other people, and they're all. It's kind of a tribute to this guy that passed away. Okay, so it's like mm. uh, Temple of the Dog is the new order. Mother Love Bone is that the one you're thinking of? That's it. That's it. Hey, thanks. I think that's it. Yeah. So the, Good job, I think Jake. the lead guy. I think the lead guy died. So what did those guys go on to form other bands? The people that were the other people that were in uh, Mother Love Bone. Um, it's got Andrew Wood, um, Stone Gossard, Jeff Amont, Bruce Fairweather, Greg Gilmore, and Reagan Hager. But I think some of those guys end up in Pearl Jam. So I don't know if there's a Soundgarden connection, but I think all those bands knew each other. So on Temple of the Dog, you've got Chris Cornell. But I think those other guys ended up in Pearl Jam, if I got that right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the short answer to your, the long answer to your short question is, from that era, it was pretty much Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pixies, Breeders. Those were my all-time and favorites. number one being the Pixies. Yeah, the Pixies were my all-time favorite, but... Um, I love Nirvana too, so maybe it's a two-way tie. And they, the thing that's funny about Nirvana is that they were Pixies fans, and they almost—he said he didn't want to put out "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Can you believe that? He said, "No, it sounds too much like we're ripping off the Pixies." <laughs> and somebody with with a clearer head said, "No, we're going to put that one out. That's the that's the one." <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he said, "Oh, it's too it's too obvious that I'm doing this is like this thing." And they said, "No, no, no. This is the one we're going to do." <laughs> so, right. You know, so that's what put them on the map. But uh, yeah, uh, Pixies. I, I one of those things where, like, when they put out a new album, I was counting the days. It was it was ridiculous. I was such a fan. It's like, hey, new one's coming out next week, and I'm like, X, putting the X's on the calendar. Okay, two more days, one more day, twelve more hours. I was just so so into them, you know. And then they weren't around that long. They were around like five years and gone. But luckily, I caught them just about every time they came around. I caught them. So, you know, because they, they, were, they weren't playing big places. They didn't hit. They were they were a little before 
they said their timing was just a little off. They could have possibly been as big as Nirvana, but their timing was a little off. So there's a lot of bands that were Pixies fans that went on to much bigger fame mm -hmm. and bands using their dynamic, that whole loud, quiet, loud thing that Smashing Pumpkins does. That's pretty much the Pixies, you know. Uh, what's your beef with uh, the Smashing Pumpkins? Is it the voice? I Is don't know. I always thought Billy Corgan, I w his voice always annoyed me. I always thought he had a very, kind of like Axl Rose. People go, oh, what's the matter? You don't like Guns N' Roses? I go, the voice annoys me. I love Slash, but Axl Rose has an annoying voice. And it's the same with Smashing Pumpkins. Great band, but the voice is annoying. The vocals are annoying. So you're getting into it, and all of a sudden, in come the vocals, and you're like, Ugh. That's how I feel about REM, man. That's how I feel about REM. That yeah, Skypes. I know. I know. I know. I and try, there's no, there's no con I've given up. There's no converting people. He's, he's so annoying that there's no way you're ever going to convert well, what's somebody. Funny is, you know, what's funny is uh, I, I asked Pat Francis. I said, Pat Francis... Are you going to go see the Talking Heads movie? He said, "No, I missed it." He said, "I'm probably not going to get around to it." And I said, "Oh, what? What? You know, are you not a?" He said, "I'm not the biggest Talking Heads fans, Talking Heads fan." Uh, and he said, he phrased it perfectly. He says, uh, "David Byrne's voice just doesn't hit my ear right." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's the perfect way to say it. That's the perfect way to say it." You sure. know, uh, yeah. it's, it's just, and that's the way I feel about Michael Stipes, and that's the way I feel about you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. There's, I, I, yeah, because there's like nobody's ever going to talk me into into loving Axl Rose's voice. It's right. never going to happen. It's just one so. of those things. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's not like with the Beatles, where you're like, oh, maybe you with with REM. I don't even try. It's just like, no, he always sounds like that. So you're never going to dig him, right? Whether it's 1988 or or you know 2001, it's never going to hit you, right? What we're doing wrong is we're not doing what we're not doing what Jake does. And Jake just enjoys pentatonics because it's all lovely voices that mm. blend together well. Mm -hmm. mm. And so you're asleep, you're asleep about a third of the way into one song, and then you never have to finish the album. <laughs> Dick was like, I know that there's a stinger. This is starting out like a compliment, but I know there's a stinger in the tail. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You don't have to listen to it. It's good. Jake's it's favorite band is Oingo Boingo. me. Jake's favorite band is Oingo Boingo, though. So, you know, there is some hope for him. Hey, nothing wrong with Oingo Boingo. Yeah. No, a lot, a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know Oingo Boingo. Um, there was. Mario puts it perfectly because they're kind of like an LA band. <laughs> they're kind of like. Right. They were West Coast, you know. Right. Not. It's kind of like X. People love X, but what as you get to the, you know, you go further east than like Nevada, you're not going to run into too many people that that know about X. It's going to be few and far between. But if you say Danny Elfman, they're like, oh, yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. They know all the movies that he did. He's like, no, he did some right. music before that. Yeah, right. Jake, how many people have said, oh, shit. he was in a band before he was doing soundtracks? Right. <laughs> yep. Love that Batman soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mm yep. Yeah, when I went to the <laughs> Danny Elfman concert where he played a lot of his music scores and stuff, a lot of people went for that and didn't know that he was in that he was in an 80s New Wave band. So they're, they're like, what is he like? What are you playing? And, and like, there's like a small. You can tell. You could see the people who went to or who went there to go see Oingo Boingos because we were all standing up, fucking dancing, singing our singing our ass off. It was good. Uh, wow. And then a bunch of people in the back wearing Jack Skellington gloves, like they're hard. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah. They went down in front. Yeah, down yeah. in front. Right. <laughs> those those Disney goths. Yeah, yeah. I love those. <laughs> They're like the people that wear the biker, the biker gangs, the Disney biker gangs. Yeah, that's always my favorite. 
I just want to walk up and, and and slap him with like a Mickey Mouse glove in the face, like. <laughs> what is that? I, I've never heard of that. They got like biker gear that's like Disney characters. No, there's like literal gangs that walk around with like biker. What, what are they called? What do they call the? I forgot from my from my Sam Crow days, my Sons of Anarchy days. What do they call it. the? What do they call the vests? The cuts? The cut? I think it's the cut. They 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 walk around with like Disney. There's like. The Haunted Mansion, there's like a gang for the Haunted Mansion, there's like a gang for Main Street, and they walk around like biker gangs. They wear like the, the vests, and they've got like wow. buttons on it and stuff. Yeah, it's a whole... That sounds kind of lame. It looks really lame. Look it up. Google it there. Uh, Google wow. it there for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, so they're like killing people and selling drugs and stuff? They're or? like the softest people you've ever seen. Uh, yeah. They, wow. They, they walk around and smack each other with big lollipops. <laughs> Are you looking at the pictures, James? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there's a gang called the Stitch Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. We got uh, we got the Matterhorn gang, the Matterhorn Mountain Climbers. Mm-hmm. We got the Big Bad Wolves. Oh, my God. This is great. Yeah. Wow. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Uh the Rugabillies. Oh God. Da 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 toys. Yeah. And they walk down the hundred acre honeys. They walk down the street like this. Da 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 da. There's a lot of them. Jesus. Yeah, there's a ton of them. You see them You see them walking around the the park with their little vests and their. Yeah. Are there pictures? What a strange phenomenon. For some of them, yeah. Lost, it seems like that, that could skipper. go that could really go south. You know, you're thinking this could really go wrong. Main Street Elite. Oh my god, this is great. Wow. I wish that's do, so strange. I wish somebody would do a version of the Warriors where you have to make your way through each of those <laughs> gangs' territories. Like I've got to get from Main Street. Sons of Anakin. Oh, that's good. The Tomorrowland. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got I've got to get from Main Street to uh to the to to the Millennium Falcon. Like the Millennium and Falcons then, are our turf. And there's a scene where they're they're trying to get on the monorail. You know, like the, <laughs> there's a scene where they're trying to get on the monorail before they get killed. You know? uh, I love it. Love there's it. A group called the Bangarang Babes. Oh my, this is good. Mm-hmm. See, this is this. And then you'd have the guy that's dressed as the Mad Hatter going, "Warriors, come out and play!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and then every every once every once in a while over the uh, over the uh, over the PA, you'd hear, hey there, boppers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who was the DJ in this? Disney the Disneyland been taken over by the goofy guy. <laughs> hey there, who boppers. <laughs> Looks like Anakin's warriors are stuck. Goof troops. Yeah. Oh, the goof troops. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yep. Taken over the, by the goofy. By the way, for never having done a goofy, I'm going to give myself a seven for that. That's though. not bad. Yeah. Thanks, That's man. six and a half. Thanks, yeah. man. The ghost of Pinto Colvig is going right on. Yes, the ghost of Pinto Colvig should be the name of our podcast. But we, it's not. The ghost oh, you, of Pinto hey there, boppers! I love the way I love the way that sounds. Yeah, looks like. Then you got to go. <laughs> got to go all heel. Mm, oh, <laughs> oh, I do love the hundred acre honeys. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Winnie the Pooh. I've okay, never heard you do small, that. Small, smackable, honey. 
Wow, you're channeling Sterling Holloway there. That is fantastic. Uh-huh. That yeah. might be the best thing we've ever discovered on this podcast. Yeah, Nobody does welcome. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Who? Say there. <laughs> I, I heard you want to get past us. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> Looks like this town ain't big enough for the two of us. <laughs> Cause I got she was a, fucking goofy. I got a couple of pipe-hitting fellas here that are going to go medieval <laughs> on your ass. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yep. Yup. Yup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I want to do that. I want to do that goofy voice now that I've discovered it. it, it, it gonna, <laughs> I want to hear you do more uh, Winnie the Pooh, though. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Train him my whole life. Mm-hmm. Just for this one moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who does Winnie the Pooh? Nobody. Nobody does Winnie the Pooh. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, I Jake. Dressed up, I dressed up as Winnie the Pooh maybe about four or five years ago, too. That's great. Jake, I, get to wear, I get to wear a onesie, and I put like a big old pillow in there to really emphasize the debt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ever uh, you ever try to sweet talk a lady using that uh, <laughs> that voice? <laughs> hey, baby, why don't I take you back down to my place? <laughs> I know. And the line is, I want to get into your honey pot, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Can I get into your honey pot? Oh, bother. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. bother. I'm stuck. (laughs) You'll have to help me get out. I'm stuck. (laughs) Go get Al. Go get Al. Yeah. You know, I saw Sterling Holloway in a war movie. I can't think of what movie oh, it was. He was in a war movie. We watched it on the podcast. It's um, is it, it Attack or was it a oh, Walk Chuck in the? No. Oh, you know, no, the... no. You know what? He's in a Walk in the Sun. We haven't watched it. That's he, it. He's the medic. He's the medic. Wow, in a walk you know in the... your war. You know yeah. your war movies. That's not medic. some. That's not one that everybody's seen. You know your war movies because well, that was just on just Turner, said. and I thought. That was on Turner, and I'm like, gee, I never even heard of this one. And boy, did it—it it had me just glued to the Boy, it's—it's it's a brutal one. It's a brutal. It one. is, and you know, he's like, oh, can I borrow a cigarette? And oh, hey, can I, can I just take a look? I forget who he's talking to. What is, is it Dana Andrews? He's all, can I just take a look? I got it. I got one. You know, we're always hiding. I want to see what these guys look like. He's all, all right, but come right back. And he gets clobbered. You know, it's like those—he gets strafed. Those those uh, planes fly overhead. And he just gets it. Yeah. And you're like, oh man! Just a minute ago, he's sitting there having a cigarette. <laughs> right. Like begging him, can I just take a look over the hill? Right. All right, but come right back. Pooh, come right back. Yeah. I will. He gets the stuffing knocked out of him. Hey. How that you doing? he sure did. Wow. Hey, uh-huh. hey, uh-huh. How you doing? And then it's funny because Dane Andrews kind of looks down at him. He takes a drag of his cigarette and he goes, "Silly old bear." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He says the wonderful thing about Dana Andrews is I'm the only one. That's right. And then Paul Paul Winchell comes bouncing out of the jeep, you know, <laughs> scrubbing bubbles. <laughs> By the way, John, I just found out the uh, you just brought it up with uh, with um, when you said uh, Paul, Paul Winchell, Winchell, which which reminds me of who Hans Conried, of course. Right. Which reminds me of, of Wrong Way Feldman, which reminds me of Gilgan's Island. God, I, I forgot about I, that. I just saw there was a little there was a little thing on a on a group that I get weird posts on Facebook. Everything's tailored to me. The prop radio on Gilligan's Island was not a prop. It was an actual radio. Wow. That Sherwood Schwartz had in his office to listen to Dodger games on. 
and he had the prop department glue the handle and the the antenna to it. And when the show was over, he took the radio back to his office and kept it there and listened to Dodger games on it for the rest of his life. <laughs> wow. And see, now you could probably get like a couple of million bucks for it. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somebody, whoever's got that radio, because you get those people that buy the props and they'd, they'd probably spend probably $100,000 on that. Man, but I'll tell you what, though, that's the first radio that ever played the Mosquitoes. Boy, that's the prop I want. I want the album cover. What is it? The Mosquitoes at Carnegie Hall? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody sent me a screen capture or a screen grab. They enlarged it because Gilgan's looking at this album. He says, oh, they left an autographed album. And it says the Mosquitoes at Carnegie Hall. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Bingo, bango, bongo, and Irving. I love that. That's that's a great adult joke at the Beatles' expense. Yeah, because they flipped it. Bingo, bango, bongo, and Irving. They flipped it. So they're all named like Ringo, and then one guy has a regular name. And I love that the drummer is the goofiest looking one. And they go, okay, this is where we get the Ringo thing. <laughs> right. Is that, that Irving is the goofy one. And what I love is they got the little square glasses like the birds. You know? Right. Or the band that was on the uh, the Sacred Cows on the uh, Get Smart. Oh, yeah. That was another one. With, the Sacred with, Cows. With Larry Storch. <laughs> Larry Storch. I love it because it's like sort of like a, a middle-aged, you know, writer's uh, – idea of what they you know of what the the beatles are right, 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 right. Uh, just four goofy guys with the bad haircuts and you know yeah 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 it's like they don't quite get it you know uh what i love My- about what i love about that show is anytime there's a scene where they have to dance uh barbara felden very much of her time always you know can knock out the frug or whatever they're doing oh yeah and then uh and then uh you know uh don adams always looks kind of stiff you know because he's like <laughs> he's like a world war ii guy <laughs> He's like a right. middle-aged you're, man. He, that's not his that's era. Right. He, yeah, you're right. I always forget about that. He was like a sergeant. He was like a he was a marine. Yeah, he was like he was the, a, yeah, a marine corps sergeant, yeah, like a was, drill sergeant. Yeah, he was, he was nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? You can't picture that because he's so goofy. But he was like, uh, it's like the DI with Jack Webb. Now Jack Webb, you can you can believe. <laughs> right, right, right. And he but probably it, wasn't a drill instructor, but that's what you think of. You what's know? crazy, though, is all those guys in the 50s and 60s, everybody that we grew up with on television, most of those guys were in the Second World War. Like, Tony Randall was in the World War II. You're like, oh, my God. Right. Like, you know, or I right. always think of the professor from Gilligan's Island was like a, was like a, was a, on a bomber crew. I think he got shot down. I think he was like a, yeah, yeah I think something like that. He has like a purple heart, got shot down. Crazy. And and some of these guys, um, not all of them. Some of them, obviously, like a James Stewart or Clark Gable, they were actors before the war. Some actors, there's so many actors where you, what they did is they they went to school and learned uh, acting on the GI Bill. Right. It's like they're looking for something to do, and there's a million of those. There's a lot of those guys. What happens is they get out, they're looking for a job, and the GI Bill lets them. The GI Bill lets them go to college, and a lot of them took up drama. Yeah. And crazy. so you just go, wow, you know. <laughs> Hey, you know, a lot of guys like, like Mof- Charles Durning, you know, Charles Durning, I think was, was, uh, one of these guys who was in, you know, w- wounded in the war, you know? Yeah. Look at our guy. Uh, look at our, our favorite actor, uh, 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 Tashiro Mifune gets out of the, uh, Imperial Japanese army and, uh, really? and his, his friend, no rec- his, his friend recommends, recommends him for a job at Toho studios, I think loading film. No kidding. And I think he he went wow. to the wrong he went to the wrong uh department and ended up getting uh, 
auditioning for like a small role in a movie. And that's how he started his career. (laughs) But he was looking for a job after the war, you know, the, you know, all these out of work soldiers in Japan, you know, he ends up going. It's, it's so crazy when somebody gets a job and they they like showed up with a friend, my friend is reading. I showed up to keep him company and they go, you've got the look we need, you know, try reading because you actually look more like the part, you know? Right. Right. And you know, Charles Bronson was like a tail gunner, I think. Something like that. And, you know, some of these guys, you know, they'd say, you know, people say acting's hard work, but when you've been like a tail gunner or like in Bronson's case, you know, he was, in a, he was working the coal mines right. you know, as a kid and you go, no, uh, you know, how your hardest day acting is never going to be like your, your easiest day working in a coal mine. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, right. So you have to say, yeah, you know, maybe you're doing stunts, maybe you're doing a lot of running around, but it's never going to be as crazy and dangerous as, as working in a coal mine as a teenager yeah. you know working in a coal mine going down, 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 down. you gotta hand it to charles bronson uh charlie b charlie b uh by Boy, the way he sure turns up in a lot of stuff just clicking around you see him in gun smoke i saw him in the rifleman the other day i'm like gee this guy did every tv show there was you know all those guys man they were working actors man <laughs> working actors working actors john He's a working man. Speaking of working actors, there was a time in the '90s where you could you could not throw a stick without hitting our friend Antonio Banderas, and he is the star of today's movie, Thirteenth <laughs> Warrior. John, before we get started on the Thirteenth Warrior, would you do me a favor and unplug that cable real quick? It's doing it again. It's weird. Oh no! No, it's fine. It only takes. It's just. It just. It's very okay. perfect. Yeah, I just hear it. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you can hear it on the recording. Testing one, two, three. Yeah, you're good. You're yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's actually. Uh, yeah, when I what's listened to the last it, podcast, I'm not sure I heard it. What's weird is it's I hear the echo in my voice. You're not echoing. You're mm. fine. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm. It's God, my, how does that, Jake? Can you explain that? How does my cord in my phone cause an echo on on Mario's end? <laughs> um, I mean, it could be. It couldn't. It could be just not a solid connection. So there's a little bit of interference. It yeah, also, interfer- in the John, do you have an earpiece on that headset? I have, um, yes, I have a, well, I have a, it, it's a, it's a, what do you mean an earpiece? Yeah. It's like headphones with a little mic attached. But can you hear out of like what does, does something cover your ear that sounds come sound comes out of? Yes. Yes. You could be bleed through from that. That could, oh, that, that could be causing okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It happens, man. Uh, but listen. Now, Jake, can you tell me how you can put an egg into a milk bottle? Yes. How do you put an How do you put an egg in a glass milk bottle? Well, you build the. You put the egg in there, mm-hmm. and then you blow the glass around it. Oh, you blow the glass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blow the glass. That was my. I, I meant to do a Hans Gruber, but I did a Maxwell Smart. Blow Hans the glass. Gruber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You shot me, Fanny. Don't say. <laughs> you shot me, pause, Fanny. Don't say pause. <sighs> you shot me, Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second biggest arrow I've ever seen. Um, let's talk about the Thirteenth Warrior, Jake. What information do you have about this lovely film? Thirteenth Warrior released August twenty seventh, nineteen ninety nine. Runs hour forty three minutes. Muslim ambassador exiled from his homeland, Ahmed Yves Badlan, played by Antonio Medeiros, finds himself in the company of Vikings, where the behavior of the Norsemen initially offends 
uh, Ivan Fadlin, um, the more cultured outsider, goes to respect the tough, uncouth warriors during their travels together. Uh, Ivan Fadlin and the Vikings get word of an evil presence closing in, and they must fight the frightening and formidable force, which was previously thought to exist only in legend. With a budget of $85 million, John, what do you, how much do you think it made? Um, this was a flopperoo, so I'm going to say like 15000 or something. I know it was a flop. Don't Mario? Say, don't say it like that, John. You say it like it's bad. Uh, don't, say, don't say flopperoo like that. Just uh, say flop. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say it made. Uh, what was the budget? I'm sorry. Eighty-five million. I'm gonna say it made fifty million. Fifty. Mm-hmm. Closest, without going over, is gonna be Mario uh, with a six point six on IMDb, a thirty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Thirteenth Warrior had a total box office of sixty-one point seven oh. million dollars. Oh, okay. It lost money, but not that much money. All right. I'm going to read Len Malton's uh, 2015 movie guide, uh, and you guys guess how many stars Lenny gave it. All right? Uh, mm-hmm. 13th Warrior, 1999. Uh, in ancient times, exiled Arabian nobleman Banderas travels with some Northmen to their homelands. there to face possibly supernatural nighttime marauders who eat their victims. Sturdy, action-packed adventure with horror overtones Realistic, but in the hor- uh, in the heroic tradition, shot on spectacular Canadian island locations, based on Michael Crichton's novel *Eaters of the Dead*. It inspells it in self. Oh, I can't even talk. It in itself inspired by true travel writings in the medieval tale of Beowulf. John, what do you think he gave it? A four star. Limit on his four stars. I'll say he gave it three. Jake? Um, he really didn't say much about what uh, like his thoughts. <laughs> he said it was sturdy, action-packed, yeah. with horror overtones. It was realistic, but in the heroic tradition. And it was yeah. shot on spectacular Canadian locations. Mm-hmm. Does it? Uh, two and a half. Uh, John was right. Three three stars. Len, Len oh. gave it three stars. <laughs> Uh, had either of you seen this film before? Had either of you, were either of you familiar with The 13th Warrior? I haven't even heard of it. I saw it in the theater, and I was thinking, why did I go see this in the theater? I mean, I liked it. It wasn't bad. But I thought, what what made me want to go see this? But I, I yeah, I saw this on the big screen. Two words, John. John McTiernan. You saw that the name, the guy who directed Hunt for Red October and uh, Die Hard was attached to the project. And you're like, Could I want to go see this. I think the poster said from the director of Die Hard and the writer of, um, you know, whatever Westworld or Jurassic Park or whatever. Um, They, you know, they conjured both of them. They used to do that a lot. Like, you know, Indiana Jones from the men that brought you Star Wars and, and uh, Close Encounters, you know? Right, right, right. Um, So that might've been it. I don't know. I kind of like that stuff. Um, I know sometimes it leaves people cold. I kind of, I'm kind of a sucker for that stuff, whether it's, uh, Vikings or King Arthur or whatever. I kind of like that old, that old timey stuff. Well, I like any any fish out of water scenario. I like the fact that you have an, uh, you know someone from from you know uh, uh, someone from uh, the Middle East, someone from modern day Iraq traveling yeah. to uh, traveling to Viking lands. I think that's an interesting uh, 
uh, case study. I don't know why it would particularly be Antonio Banderas, since uh, unless he was playing a Moor. Um, but uh, you know, thinking, thinking non-script foreigner. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I guess if he'd been younger, it would have been Omar Sharif would have been there. You know what I mean? Right. Been, it was nice know, to see Omar you, Sharif in there, too. However briefly, yeah. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I thought he was going to be a lot, you know, a lot more of it, you know, because he's always great. Right. That's our third appearance by Omar Sharif. Uh, one was, uh, first, of, co- of course, was uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Does anybody remember his second appearance in the Digital Movie Club? Does anybody remember uh, Omar Sharif's second appearance? Uh, top secret. That's right, John. He gets crushed in the car, and then I was uh, thinking. I know we didn't. We didn't. I know we didn't see Doctor Zhivago. That's, so. right, that's right. He gets crushed in the car, and then his windshield wiper goes up, or his antenna goes up. Well, my estimation of him went up because I thought, oh, he's got a great sense of humor. There. Right <laughs> to be right. in that movie. Right. Uh, Jake, you had never even heard of it. What did you think, man? Watching this for the for the first time. Uh, like you, Mario, I do enjoy a good fish out of water. Last Samurai, that's sure. A, that's another great, another great story of it. Last of the Mohicans, also. Right. Right. But um, yeah, I thought it was good. Antonio Banderas did a good job. Not exactly Middle Eastern, but you know what? That's okay. That's fine. Right. But he he played very good. I love the idea that he wasn't a warrior. He wasn't like a truly a warrior. But also, I lo- I love the <laughs> yeah he was. But I also love that the it wasn't one of those movies where he was constantly having to prove himself they sort of accepted him you know they sort of like you know he kind of they they kind of were uh he proved himself pretty early learning the language (laughs) super quick and you know right they they they, i like that the vikings were smart enough to realize that he wasn't just uh you know he wasn't some idiot you know they kind of respect him for you know his other skills which is kind of always which is nice because in these movies it's usually like you must prove yourself a warrior, you know what I mean? But yeah, they were talking shit about the horse, and then he rides around and right, right, right. Says like, "Hey, our horses aren't big, but yeah, look what they can do." Yeah, look at this Arabian stallion and check out this horse while you're at it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I liked the little, I liked the little twist with the, uh, with the, with the creatures that were attacking the settlement. I thought that was fun. Right. Did you, uh, I was expecting, uh, uh, I love that you think it's going to be a monster, mm-hmm. but it's really just a bunch of, uh, you know, of, uh, obviously very formidable. What, what would you call them? I mean, they're cannibals. Uh, like well, prim- you know, it, more it, primitive humans. I don't know. I don't know what you call them. Um, yeah. What's the thing in those days that, uh, berserkers, you know, remember the, uh, I guess it's not exactly the same thing, but was that Germany or something? The berserkers are just like these crazy warriors are even more insane than the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think maybe. it's German. Yeah. Berserker. I think that was a thing. We're just <laughs> this out of the mind, you know, fur wearing warrior. Right. Would I know, you? We'll have to ask Jake. Oh, no, it's, old, uh, it's an old Norse. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a Norse thing. Is that a Norse thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Berserk, what, what's the thing, uh, Jay and Silent Bob? Berserk. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> well, uh, my love for you is like a truck berserker. <laughs> Would you like some making berserker? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love, I love that. That's where we get the word berserk. <laughs> yeah, right. Just went berserk. He went berserk. Yeah. Love it. 
Uh, yeah. You don't hear that word too yeah. much. <laughs> great, great twist. Uh, yeah, great twist with them being just primitive humans, especially after seeing them fight. Right. When they're in the, when they're in the, when like they're in the hut, and that was a, that was a pretty intense scene for not being able to see a whole lot. That was pretty good. I like I that they it. just rip somebody's head off. Like, like, are you superhuman? Do you have superhuman strength? He just pulls his head off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy when they find the bodies and they're always missing their heads. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> right. Even the Vikings are all, what the hell? Right, right, right. Uh, but I do love that this really, uh, they really uh, uh, play up the Viking spirit. Like, I love that they're, as they're facing the last battle, he starts saying, you know, I, 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 my brothers and my sisters call to me. Like, lo, yeah. I see. Yeah, I love that, dude. That's so great. Because even yeah. even he Antonio Banderas even he for a second like buys into it you know like yeah. I'll, I'll meet them all in Valhalla and then you know yeah like, that's the culture man right it's, it's super it's super interesting concept that you know if you fight hard and die in battle then you'll yeah you'll be sent to Valhalla and, right I I I love that the idea that there I like the idea that there's like a mutual respect between the cultures it wasn't like a thing I, I really liked I think they handled that well in this movie. Yeah. It's something I always like yeah. about it. It's something I always like about it. Uh, it doesn't seem like a uh, like a contrived friendship. I feel like him and the his the only other guy that speaks Greek originally. I forgot his name, but yeah, um, you know. And I love the idea that there, that one, a Viking speaks Greek. That you know, there's travel and you know in the ancient world. Okay. You, know, you know, is that who it was? I think so. They uh, did a good job of uh, segueing. Very, you know, it's hard hard to do. They would either you got subtitles through the whole movie, or you eventually slowly segue into where he understands them, and they understand him. I, I think they did a good job of that. They just sort of like slowly, sort of dropped, you know, dropped the pretense. At first, it was great because he can't make it out. Then there's that great night where he just sits and listens and he figures it out. And every once in a while, they have like a just a a snippet of english so you're like hearing what he's hearing he's catching a word here and a word there and by the next morning he's figured it out <laughs> yeah. i did like that i did, I did yeah. like i don't know if, how much sense it makes but i like it no it was a, but it's because most movies have to decide are we gonna do subtitles for the whole damn thing because at first it, it works you know the fact that omar sharif has to completely he's he's the guy that's got a you've got two interpreters there you know, right. one yeah. guy knows greek and the other guy you knows the viking yeah it's, i mean it's from the perspective of um antonio bendez's character so once he understands yeah. it then it's like okay he understands it so the audience can understand right I thought they did that well, and he's all, yeah. I listened. Right, right. How I'm, did you do that? I listened. I'm smart. You incredible asshole. <laughs> you insensitive asshole. <laughs> and, then, and then the Viking kind of calls him over and goes, weren't you in Zorro? Right. What was that from? You insensitive asshole. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> playing strings and automobiles. John Candy. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah, uh, John, what, watching it again, did you enjoy it the second time? Yeah, it held up. It held up. I, that, like I said, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. What's that thing that came out last year? There was a Viking movie. Um, it was the guy that did The Witch. Oh, The Northman. Northman? The, the, the Northman. Yeah, The Northman. I, it, it, very, uh, it was a lot like this. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, similar plot points. Um, 
I love. I'm just a sucker for that stuff. If it's done well, I really like that stuff. Are they going after a Beowulf in that one? No, but there is something sort of supernatural. Something's like ripping them limb from limb. I can't even remember now what the. <laughs> it looked beautiful. That's the thing. Sometimes you forget the the plot points. But if they shoot on location and it looks good, that's the thing. This thing looked beautiful. No CGI that I could make out. And right. so not to beat a dead horse, but I love that. You see something where we're like, well, that's real horses and that's real people in costume and that's a real fire. I don't know. It, there's something about it. So, yeah. But I was thinking about that. I was thinking the Northman. Or was it? Yeah, the Northman. That's right. Uh-huh. And I thought this is very similar because there's something out there at Supernatural. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. A lot of people were made to read Beowulf either in high school or college. Right. I never read it, but I guess that's the oldest story Grendel. ever put to. Is that the oldest story ever put to I paper? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Grendel. Yeah. And then he meets Batman. That's right. Sorry. That's right. I had to say that. But um, I guess Michael Crichton. I guess this is, they say, you know, the, the book is cool. I've never read it, but they said, you know, it was a better title. Eater of the De- Eaters of the Dead was a better title. They said, gee, 13th Warrior sounds awful bland, awful forgettable. It sounds like something like some studio head said, Eaters of the Dead is too gory. They'll think it's a horror film. It sounds so, like some it sounds like some cheap B movie when you say Eaters of the Dead. I suppose, but boy. You know, the idea that it's Michael Crichton, that should have tipped people off that, it, you know, but 13th Wire just sounds so boring. <laughs> right. You, know? you don't know what There's, it is. You don't know what it could be. Yeah. It just seems like ho-hum. You know, this is a movie that's not, it just sounds like a movie that's not going to be out very long. You know, right. 13th Warrior. Well, what the hell is that? So, yeah, it held up. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it was, like you said, fish out of water stories are always interesting. You know, it's a journey. It's a classic journey. And uh, I thought everyone did a great job. I mean, really, the only actor I recognized was Antonio Banderas. I didn't recognize any of those other guys. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, it, you see a movie like this, It you know, you think about things like Braveheart. These are all different cultures, different time periods, you know, different uh, geographical locations. But it's that sort of, you go that far back where it's like swords and fists, you know. Right. Basically, there's not a lot of high tech. It's horses and you know swords yeah, and yeah, fists, this is like and that's pre, basically this all you got. Pre medieval times, really. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you know, uh, so you know, yeah, spears and axes and hatchets. You know, <laughs> it's like this is pre crossbows. You know, right. But I thought everyone did a great job, and it looked beautiful. Uh, now I've heard that um, at some point Michael Crichton actually came in and did a couple reshoots. I don't think, you know, it wasn't like the whole movie. I think he might have just come in and done. I think John McTiernan finished the movie. I think they needed a couple scenes, so I think Michael Crichton got in there and shot a couple scenes. And I'm not sure what scenes those were. I, I will say that it ends very abruptly. You think that last battle is going to go a little longer? Yeah, and it kind of ends abruptly. Um, well, they killed Logan. Yeah. yeah. They just needed to kill You him. wonder. You just wonder. This seems like a classic case of a movie that, you know, that there's like a lot of test screenings and stuff. It's probably why they changed the title. You know, uh, I'm sure there were test screenings and they were like, cut this, cut that. So, yeah, you're right. It, it was a little anticlimactic. Uh, I w- yeah, because you, you kill the, uh, the, the, the mother, which, you know. Yeah. Uh, which you know, living she's living in a cave like you do, and uh, I thought that was cool that she poisoned him into that whole thing with the, you know, that was cool. Uh, but yeah, you, I wanted that a little bit. It's like it it builds up to this really 
big finish and you never quite get the finish that you you think should come. And it feels like at the end, like they're going to do like a seven samurai thing. Like the rain's coming down. They're in the village, you know, here they come. Yeah. And, uh, he gives this big speech. It's great to get you all pumped up. And then like a minute later, the battle's over. You're like, Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Well, you know, and you wonder, is that on the cutting room floor? Exactly. Did right. they run out of money? What happened? Right. Cause that's you're right. You're right. You're thinking, you know, yeah, you know, keep the rain coming, make it a bigger, you know, this is the finale, you know, Right. This has all been leading toward the finale. So it makes you wonder because there were reshoots. So it makes you wonder yeah. what exactly happened. But it looks, I thought the movie looked beautiful and um, it didn't feel like you were cheated at all on the visuals. You know, no, it's very well done. You know, John McKiernan, obviously a good director, like Jake said, can handle a lot of action. And some of the stuff is hard to see. And it's shot that way on purpose to kind of hide the identity of the, uh, of the, of the, uh, antagonists you know yeah so you don't really know until the end what they are um but i love that scene where he discovers it's a man he's like it's a man you know it's yeah. not a it's not a you know yeah not they a finally wendell. see one they finally see one and they're like hey this is just a guy it's an right. ugly guy but it's a guy right <laughs> right they're just savages did you see that. this in the theater mario i did not i didn't see this till years later uh many years later it would kind of pop up on cable here and there and then i sat down and watched it once i can't remember when and i was like boy this is great i i, I love it like you john i love a i love an adventure tale i like an adventure yeah. like we're going on this journey you know like you said it's shot well the you know the it's not boring to look at and it's very authentic like it seems very authentic you know all the period took some pains yeah. yeah the period detail that you know you could tell they took care in making this movie which is why it's a shame that it didn't do it didn't do better because it was, you know, kind of an old fashioned adventure movie. Um, I guess these things are a hard sell that when you do these things, it's a hard sell, you know, not everybody's into that stuff. Right. Although I think Vikings are having a moment. Now there's all these TV shows streaming that are about Vikings and stuff. I'll tell you what, there's a million Viking board games. There's uh is that right? Oh yeah. There's blood rage. There's Raiders of the North sea. There's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Norse mythology is super cool and interesting. So, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a show called Vikings that a lot of people really love. I mean, yeah, Thor. that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Look mm-hmm. at Thor. You know. <laughs> that's right. But you know the thing. What's funny is the thing with the witch. I kept thinking uh, first the one that was throwing the bones, and then the one they find in the hut. I kept thinking of uh, Terry Gilliam going, "What is your name?" Oh right, right, right. What right. Is that, your you know? That's hard to pull off. It is because you know you always look at them and like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> They're just like, she's an all Some you. Some crone. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's like uh, you know Monty crone. Python, Monty Python and the Holy Grail and um, and uh, Blazing Saddles are such good parodies. They parody parody movies that haven't even been made yet because <laughs> they they parody the, the the genre so well that it's hard. Well, to, they get they get to the root. It's like the reason they work and they reverberate is because they're really getting at the root of it, you know, right. the source. It's kind of like airplane with, uh, with uh, what is it, zero hour. They're really going to the source, you know. Right, right, right. right. I saw something. The, I saw Western the other day, 
can't think of what, what the name of it was. And when it was over, I saw, I thought, Jesus, that was Blazing Saddles, the whole thing. The guys are r- riding into town. I said, this has got to be 100 Westerns anyway. But the whole thing where we've got to put up a front and, you know, here come the bad guys and who's going to join us, you know, that the preacher does the speech, you know, are right. we going to stay together? <laughs> I thought, boy, you know. Mel Brooks just nailed that because right. he'd seen enough westerns to know that this is the plot. To, there's a lot of them that this yeah. is the plot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just like, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, same thing. You're, you, some, you see the, like you said, you saw the witches and you're like, oh, Terry Gilly. <laughs> oh, Michael, yeah. Michael Palin working in the mud, you know. Because they get it so right. You know, that's the thing. When you see a movie like this, you, you realize that Holy Grail's great because it is so filthy. You're like, yes, in that time period, everybody that wasn't a king would have been covered in shit right. or mud. You know? right. And that's what they got right. You know, that's the thing. And I know John Cleese got angry. He'd say, God, you're spending so much time on getting the lighting right and getting the, you know, the, and it's just like, yeah, but that's going to be funnier. He says, how is that going to make it funnier? You know, to wait for this. It's like, it's funnier because it looks more real. <laughs> right. Right. He thought we just come out there and do the sketches like we do on the TV show. And Gilliam was like, no, it's going to be so much funnier if this looks like the real deal. You right. Know? It makes it's it, really, it and makes the right. absurdity stick out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so funny. Cause if you're, is it, you know, it's like, you're in the freezing cold in some bog in Scotland and everyone just wants to get out of their, get out of their clothes and get a hot shower. And he's all, I tell, explain to me why waiting another hour is going to make this funnier. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, I'm, and I'm sure they, you know, that John McTiernan, this movie looks like they really did some, oh, yeah. some good location shooting. The same thing. I think they, I think, and, and also they, they made it look, you know, it looked freezing. It always looked cold. Like wherever they were. So it, was Can- yeah. so it was Canada, right? Is that yeah. what they said? Yeah, Canada, yeah. I loved it. And you know what? Um, whoever did, there must have been a million stuntmen. I didn't look. Usually at the end, I'll count the stuntmen. This must have had a lot of stuntmen. Right. People You know, all off. the stuff on horses. and Right. Flying off horses and getting hacked to bits and all the falls. And it was good stuff. Good stuff. All right, let's rank it. Jake? I'm going to give it a seven. Solid, solid seven. Solid seven. Uh, John, Sandy? Yeah, seven's, seven's about right, yeah. All right, I'm going to write these down for uh, so Justine. So she'll have a... Uh, let's see, is this the one? Uh, we got this. I believe in you. I believe in you. All right. So 13th Warrior. Uh, John gave it a seven. Yep. Uh, Jake gave it a seven. I'm going to give it a seven. There you go. Yeah. I thought it was great. Good, entertaining, solid movie. Solid film. Solid film. Uh, John, should we watch Halloween 3 for uh, Halloween this year? Uh, I'm not a big fan of that movie. I know it's that movie's got its fans. It's but the worst of the Halloween trilogy. Th- there's got to be something cooler out there. Halloween how about three. Something, it is. How about something? How about something that's on the, the Criterion Channel? Boy, I'm sure glad you sent me that. And then I'm thinking, I think I have all these. <laughs> there you go. There you uh, go. You've got Criterion Channel, right? Yeah, I sent you the trailer. 
Yeah. Um, God, that was really a beautiful trailer for all those movies. That, that was beautiful. They picked 13 pre-code horror films. Right. That's really great stuff. Right. Come on. I'm here have, for Have it. you seen most of those? Have you seen no, uh, I've only Mystery seen, of the Wax I've Museum? I've only seen Black Cat and uh, the, the, the Old Dark House, I think, are the only two I've seen on there. If you get a chance to see oh, and X, most dangerous game. If you see, if you get a chance to see Doctor X or Mystery in the Wax Museum, they're really great. It's it's Lionel Atwill and Fay Ray, and that's pre King Kong. It's Fay Ray, actually the same year as King Kong. She did about five movies in one year, and uh, that's why they called her the Scream Queen because she's in all this stuff even before King Kong, where she's screaming at the top of her lungs. But those are early Technicolor. They're two strip Technicolor. It's right. like greens and reds. Right. Right. And blues and, and oranges, and it makes it real creepy. It kind of makes it really creepy because uh, it's not the full palette of color, but it's something beyond just black and white. So, right. um, if you get a chance to see those, Mystery of the Wax Museum and Doctor X, and you know what, the guy that directed both of those is Michael Curtiz, right. who went on to do Casablanca, Casablanca. and uh, and Robin Hood and Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yeah, he could do anything. He could do horror films, musicals, comedies, anything you could throw at him. He'd do yeah. it. So Halloween 3 then. Perfect. Uh, uh, I love it. Mario's <laughs> all right. Enough of the Criterion. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll all right. It. I got to go already. I, I will give you the, I, I, mean, I don't know what's up next, but we're, we're going to be brushing up right against Halloween. So I'll, I'll think of something. I'll think, okay. Are I'll, we really doing Halloween 3? I'll, I'll pull something out of our bag of tricks. Okay. If we're doing yeah. every other, yeah, 26th would be the day. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll pick, we'll pull a nice scary movie out of the. Out of and you'll the, have to remember if it's one we've already done, I guess you, you well, you would know that if we'd already done right. it. Right. Maybe we'll um, go back in time. Maybe we'll go back. That would be great. That's what I was. That, I wasn't very subtle about it, but that would be great if you want to go all the way back to no, the no, 30s no. or something. No, no, no. We'll go back to like not, 19. Not. Yes, yes, yes. We'll go back to like sleepaway camp. Oh, that 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 far back. 1983. <laughs> 70s. Uh, how, about, how about the how about the toolbox murders or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have to maniac cop? <laughs> I mean, if that's what you want, I guess. But all right, have we ever done? Have we ever done the fog on the show? Uh, no, we did. We did not do the fog. No, seems like we've done so. every other John Carpenter movie, but I don't think we ever got around to the fog. If not, we're going to do the humanoids from the deep. If we're going to do anything, ah, no, that's, that was that. Uh, that who that, was that? That's was a terrible. That, uh, that's an awful movie. But I mean, that's got another title, doesn't it? Is that as David Cronenberg or humanoids? From the, I don't know who that is. Inseminoid? I'm thinking about three different Oh, that movies. is. I think that is. Oh, it's weird. All right. Inseminoid, Humanoids from the Deep, The Brood. There's a bunch of these things where there's something just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, they're pretty terrible. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it, though. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out where we're going to watch our Halloween. We have two weeks. In two weeks, we'll see you guys for the big Halloween show, big spooky Halloween spooktacular. Oh, by that time, I might be on Wednesdays. We might have the whole crew by then. So really? that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll let you guys know in the coming days when we're gonna. Watch. Yeah, because that's what it is, right? The fact that we're not doing it on Wednesdays, some people can't make it on Thursdays. Right. So now, if I can do it on Wednesdays, we're gonna be back on Wednesdays. So we'll we'll be able to get everybody back. Okay. All right, you guys. We're gonna wrap it up because Jake has to go. But it was a great show today. Loved it. A lot of fun. Always blaming me. No, I'm not blaming you. I have to use the restroom anyway, so it's okay. It all worked out. I don't want to be crass about it, but I have to go to the. <laughs> I, I have to go to the pee pee house. So uh, ah, I, I see. I, mm -hmm. I love that word. I don't want to be crass, I don't want but to I got to take a shit. No, 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 no. 
No, no. Uh, all right, guys. So for Jake, for John, for myself, we say this transmission ends now. This transmission ends now. Uh, oh, someone's getting a call. Until next week, uh, until two weeks from now. Fight the power. Bye.